second Sunday of the year. Happy New Year to you, and we're just so glad that each one of you has taken the time to be a part of our team and our church and our gathering, and I'm just believing that God has some great things in store for us in 2023. I believe God is here for you. Can I hear an amen for that? I want to start off by sharing just even a word that the Lord put in my heart as a, as a theme uh, for this year, and it's kind of an interesting word, and it was a word that I wasn't expecting God to put in my heart. And when I share this word with you, and this isn't my whole message, this is kind of a prophetic word for the year, and then I'm going to dive into my message, but it's this word called exposure. Now, there's a lot of negative connotations to the word exposure, isn't there? As people, we tend to fear exposure. We don't like it typically when somebody just shows up at our front door and we weren't expecting them or we weren't ready for that. Maybe we weren't quite dressed or didn't have our makeup on or whatever. We, we don't want people to see us sometimes when we're not prepared. But here's what I believe that we need to understand when it comes to what I believe God wants to do. And I, here's what I believe God wants to share for us. I've got Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You see, we serve a good God. I want to start off by saying that we serve a good God. And I want to remind you because of who God is, that God does things for his glory, but he also desires to bless us and encourage us. So here's what I believe when we talk about exposure. Here's some of the things that are maybe would feel obvious. I believe that 2023 is gonna be a year where there's an exposure of things that have been corrupted in our governments, our business, and our technological industries. I believe that he's gonna expose lies that have been spoken through media in us and over us as people. I believe he's gonna expose hidden um, motives of leaders and the deception that has been propagated. I believe we're starting to see that, but 2023 is gonna be a year of even greater exposure. So here's what I believe God is saying to us in this season. Expose yourself to him and God will not expose you. Go to God as you see this in a personal manner. But remember that I said God is good because here's what I also believe the Lord showed me. That God is gonna expose those who are doing right and living righteously. God is gonna expose those people and things that are doing good or that have been falsely accused, maligned, ignored uh, in, in those areas. I believe God will expose those who have a true heart and love for him in 2023. God is gonna also expose more of his kindness, more of his presence and his power. God is gonna expose deeper truth and revelation for those who seek him. God is gonna expose his incredible love for those who trust in him in greater ways. And God, I believe, is gonna expose his plans for our lives as well as for the church in greater ways in 2023. Amen? Let's thank God today because, again, I say this, we serve a good God who wants us to see his goodness. Hallelujah. Today, as we kick off the new year, we are starting, as you see, a brand new series called Worship in the Wild. And here's what I believe about this, that God's desire for us is that there's freedom that God wants to release his glory in you. He wants to release you who you were created to be. 
We live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Wouldn't you say that? Alberta has some incredible beauty. It's, uh, you know, if you uh, like uh, wide open prairies and, and just the ruggedness of the land, there's beauty in it. But we're not too far away within some places, uh, 15 to 20 minutes to an hour. We can be in the mountains that are just incredible. I just drove through the Rocky Mountains here this last week. They're just so beautiful, but they're also rugged. They're they're, they're, just, they're, they're, they're just strong and big. I love being out in nature. Who, who here loves to be outside? You like to, to do things in, in nature. I, I love the smell of fresh air, uh, the breeze in your face. Um, but there's something else about going out and being in the wild or in nature. There's a freedom from distraction, a freedom from, of, 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 of conformity. And what I mean by that is where it doesn't care how you look or you smell, right? When you go camping, you tend to not think about, you know, how perfect is your hair. You just, you just enjoy what's going on around you. Uh, you don't care if people can hear you sing when you're out in the woods all by yourself. It's just you and I and God and his beautiful creation. You see, nature in its purest form releases the awe and wonder of God. We can see his handiwork when we dig into creation. But when we think of the wild, we also think of those untamed places in the world. Places that man has not yet conquered or, or fully infiltrated. Places where there's some risk or even a, a bit of danger. You know when you go, you go hiking or you go camping, there's always a chance that you're gonna run into some wildlife, some of it tame like deers, uh, deer and elk that you hope are, are not getting too crazy. But you also know that there's bears and cougars and all of those things out there as well. You enjoy it, you appreciate it, you even can feel connected to it. It's exciting and exhilarating. But if you're not careful and if you're careless about it and you don't respect it, you can be swallowed by it or by those who inhabit it. Survival depends on a healthy respect for what's in the wild. I grew up in a place of freedom. I grew up in a, in a small town that was a logging community called Longview, Washington, where nature was just right out my, my front door. In fact, I probably shared many years ago with my first driving experience with my mom as I backed up the car and I was going in reverse and, and we thought we were gonna go forward and I forgot to move the car into drive and we backed up a little bit more. What made it scary was within about 50 feet of our house was a 50 foot goalie that went down right over the hill. I mean, I literally could walk out and be in the trees, in the forest, it, it was awesome. There were thick blackberry bushes, tall firs trees, and streams everywhere. My friends and I would, would, would stay out overnight, and we would, we would do things in the woods. Some things I can share here today, other things that I can't. I'm sorry about that. I remember one time we slept under the stars. Now, here's what's cool. Maybe this wouldn't be cool to you, but we woke up. I woke up in the middle of the night with a pack of coyotes 20 feet away from our where we were all sleeping. Why? Because they were trying to stay warm by the same fire that I was. Let's just say I threw a couple extra logs on the fire at that moment. One of the things that I got to do when I was growing up is we would sometimes, uh, with our church, we would do backpacks into 
even the deeper woods. And for some of you, you would think this is cool. We'd actually hike for like 12 to 13 hours to find remote lakes that, were, uh, that people couldn't get to except by extreme kind of hiking. It was a, such a remote and pristine area that we'd rarely uh, see another person there. We would fish together. We would sit around the campfire telling stories together. We'd even encourage one another to step out of our comfort zones. And at one of these lakes that we visited, we found an overhanging rock that was 40 feet above the lake. While quickly the challenge was set, who would be bold enough to launch themselves off the cliff into the ice cold water? I remember as I jumped off the ledge, the incredible squeals of laughter that came out of me mixed with fear that bubbled out of my soul. What did I just do? But as I hit the water and recovered from the shock of the chill, I remember this. I could hear the cheers of celebration, but it was surreal because in that moment I felt completely alive. To be alive, to be fully alive, I believe that's what God's design and desire is for our lives. Saint Arrhenius made this important statement. He said, the glory of God is as a human being fully alive. Or to be fully alive, I believe, is the greatest place that we can come to as human beings. We demonstrate that we are fully alive when we release our worship to God. You see, we were created to worship God. It's part of our identity, and it's a fulfillment of our destiny as people. It is the essence of freedom. So you have to remember that our nation, Canada, was founded on the idea that we would be free to worship God. Pilgrims and patriots escaped England for the, worship to, for the freedom to worship God among many other things. In the United States, our neighbors to the south, the war for independence was fought. Why? So that people could have the freedom to worship God without restriction. My heart today for each and every one of us is that we will find that place in our lives where we can all worship God without any restrictions. We see, when we, worship, when we worship God without restriction, without re- religion, without reservation, only then do I believe that we discover truly who we are, who God called us to be. But there's a danger in releasing worship. It's dangerous to our pride. It's dangerous to our self-focus and many times our self-reliance. It infringes on our self-preservation as it puts us, puts us at odd with pleasing man or pleasing God. And to those who do not fully worship God, it brings a challenge of control. Who gets to be in control of our lives? You see, in the Gospel of John, Jesus addresses the nature of true worship. He says this in John 4, starting in verse 23, but the time and coming is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? What is, what is, what is John or Jesus speaking to us when he made that statement? 
What Jesus is really saying is that we must, God wants us to worship him with all of our faculties, all that we are, with our mind, body, and soul. When he talks about worshiping in spirit, it's, a, it's that whole idea of that full celebration of who God is, worshiping God with vigor and expression, not just in our mind, not just in a concept of who God is, but celebrating the goodness of God with our whole being. I'm gonna come back to that in a minute. But we also know that God's saying that he wants us to worship him in truth. And here's that word again, it's full exposure. To be free in my worship means exposing my pain and my joys, my sadness and my hopes, my secrets and my emotions to the one who loves me fully. True worship is being open and honest with God instead of hiding behind the veneer of composed decency. To worship in the wild means being free to express yourself to God in the midst of potential danger. Danger of being misunderstood. Danger of being marginalized or dismissed. The danger of being judged or mocked unfairly. The danger to your own comfort and sense of safety. In the book of 2 Samuel, we have a story about a man who worshiped in the wild. He was not a common man, but the king of Israel, King David. King David was in this, what we're going to look at, was celebrating the return of a national treasure, the Ark of the Covenant. And here's what David did in 2 Samuel verse, uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 14. And it said, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord with Shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Folks, there was a great celebration. The Ark of the Covenant was returning to Israel. I'm gonna talk about this in a minute. But as the Ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man, women in the crowd, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. But when David returned home to bless his family, Michael the daughter of Saul came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like, a vul- like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. That's pretty big comeback. <laughs> he might have been sleeping on the couch that night. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate the Lord. And yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. What was happening here? What happened? Well, one of the great, one of the Israelites' greatest enemies were the Philistines. And for many years, they had conquered and oppressed the nation of Israel. 
And consequently, during one of their battles, they had stolen from the tabernacle of the Lord not only the gold furniture and the pieces and the emblems, but they had stolen the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God and was the most holy possession in all of Israel. To honor the Ark of the Covenant properly brought blessing to whoever possessed it, but to misuse it or misplace it brought cursing, even death. Think of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. For those of you, that that's part of what that show is about. But after over 20 years, the Ark of the Covenant was now returning to Jerusalem, and King David, along with the nation of Israel, were ready to celebrate. They were having a party. And the Bible says that David danced with all his might while wearing his priestly garments. Uh, I want to say this, that the, the, the writer in the Bible was, was being kind here. What is his priestly garment? Well, David was actually dancing in his underwear. He, he, he was dancing in his, his skivvies. But, yep, that's what he was doing. Now, don't get worried. Uh, we're not going to have a revolution here where we have a dancing in underwear here at church. It's not where this is going today. We're gonna see what this represents. You see, what happened was David, who was wearing most likely at that time as the Ark of the Covenant was returning to Israel, was either wearing his kingly regalia, which would have been very bulky and thick, or it could have been his military um, um, uh, clothing that also would have been very heavy. And here's what happened. As the Ark of the Covenant was returning, David began to dance. Well, what happens if you start dancing and you're wearing lots of extra clothing, heavy clothing? Well, he, he got a little bit overheated and warm. And so what he began to do is in order for him to be able to dance freely without restriction, he removed those things that were hindering him from being able to dance properly. He wanted to be free from encumbrance so that he could worship God fully without any hesitation. Now we have to understand this. The worship that David had for the Lord was not just a golf clap. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, that, thank you for your victories. Thank you for your ark coming back home. No, this was, he just won the lottery type of worship. If, and here's what I want you to know. He was excited. It was like the flames had won the Stanley Cup if you were there in person. Do you think you'd just be like, oh, that's great. Good job, team. Oh, we love you. See, sometimes people, when they look at worship, when we talk about worshiping God with expression, they're like, you know, you, you shouldn't get too excited. You need to keep it under control. But those same people, man, they go to a soccer match. They go to a Flames game. Or my goodness, it's, it's, it's a Boxing Day sale, and all of a sudden something gets cut down from 50% to like 90% off. People go crazy. And how much more should we be people that get excited and celebrate because our God has forgiven us and set us free? You see, this is what we're talking about here today. I believe today God wants us to give him some praise. Let's say thank you to God for who he is right now. So to be free, David removed the barriers to his worship. I believe sometimes we have to remove the barriers to our worship. For one of my wife's significant birthdays, 
Uh, the date and age have been removed to protect the innocent. <laughs> she decided to run a princess half marathon at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. She prepared for it. She worked really hard. She trained for almost a year. Uh, it was great for me and the kids because we got a family vacation out of it. I thought it was a wonderful thing. And here's what was interesting about this race. This race started at 5 a.m. with over 20,000 people participating in the race. There was a DJ there. I mean, they had a stage. Music was <laughs> at five in the morning. Uh, there was a marching band. There was a DJ. Um, what else was there there? Oh, they had fireworks every time a different group, because they'd launched them about 5,000 at a time. They'd light off fireworks for the race to start. I mean, this was an incredibly cool thing. But here's uh, what was also exciting about this, was that every mile and a half, there would be Disney characters that if they wanted to, they could stop if they weren't really serious about running, which I realized that a lot of people weren't, and I'll tell you why here in a second. But you could pose and get pictures with like the princes in the castle and, and all of that stuff. You see, as the race started, many of the participants, which were, I would say, 95% ladies, uh, were wearing tiaras, tutus and sashes and other princess regalia. I mean, they are all coming out. They were all so cutesy looking and it was pretty there. I mean, there were princesses everywhere. But what was amusing was as the race moved forward and you looked at the course, there were more tiaras, tutus, sashes that were being thrown off onto the ground. Why? Because those were barriers to them being able to run and to compete you see, here's what my question is today. When it comes to worshiping God freely, what are the barriers to you being free in worship? Ask yourself, what is it that gets in the way from you being able to completely give yourself to worshiping God? Is it a busy schedule or distracting thoughts? Maybe you're like me and you've struggled with this in your life. It's the fear of wondering what people might think of you if you get a little bit crazy. Or maybe you feel that, you'll be, that God will be disappointed with you because you're somehow not doing it right. I know some people feel that way. These barriers are real and they need, God wants to remove them so that we can worship him freely. John 8, 36 says, if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Another translation says, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Why are we free? We're free to worship him or to be free in our worship of him. True worship is fully exposing ourselves to God. Nothing hidden, nothing in the way. I think about that, that when we truly are in love with somebody or something. And, and I think the, the, the best picture, I don't wanna to go too crazy here, is when you're in love with your spouse or your significant other, you don't want things to get in the way of your love. You want to be together, you wanna to be closer. But here's the reality that we have to understand. When we fully, we will only fully reveal ourselves to those who we know fully love us. Right? The, the people that we're the most intimate with, I'm gonna get real here, are our spouses, are the people that we know that really love us no matter what we look like or our breath smells like. 
You see, we expose ourselves when we feel really loved. And here's what I believe sometimes when it comes to our worship to God, we struggle to worship God because we don't understand how much he loves us, how much he embraces us, how much he accepts us. We don't have to be these perfect people. We don't have to be, but we, he just wants us to fully be able to say, God, this is who I am and I'm surrendering myself completely to you, no matter how silly or how crazy it looks to other people. And I can do this, God, because I know you love me. Worship in the wild. See, God loves you, and I want to say this today, all of you, even the broken parts, and he wants all of our love. But we see that David, in the midst of this moment of celebration, of fully worshiping God, faced a challenge. His worship offended Michael, his wife. She wasn't excited about what David was. She was thinking about what people would think about her. You see, your worship of God will create discomfort or offense with those who have not experienced the full love of God. Your worship will irritate those who love themselves more than they love God. I remember when I was, became a, a full-fledged Christian, I was about 14 years old, and I went to a, a great church. I was part of a wonderful youth group. And I remember this, that while I was attending both of these places, I discovered this truth, that it was acceptable to be an excited follower of Jesus as long as you didn't get too excited. You know, if, if you worshiped, if you raised your hands here and there a little bit, you know, that was okay, it was a cool bit. But, but, but if you were really gonna worship God, you had to kind of slow your roll, keep it cool because you didn't want to get too excited or too crazy because it made people feel uncomfortable. It was acceptable to be that follower of Jesus as long as your passion or zeal didn't get out of line. You know what, I've been in church a lot of years and sometimes you can feel that that's where people are at. You see, we will either offend people or we will choose to offend God. And look, I don't believe we should intentionally look to offend people or be weird just to be weird. I know that sometimes people think that they're doing things that are really more self-focused than God-focused. That's not what we're all about here. You see, our worship, worshiping in the wild is so that our worship focuses on who God is. But you know what? When God touches our, life, our lives, there should be a place where we shower him with our love and our affection or what we call worship. And it doesn't matter what that looks like. How many tears are in our eyes? Whether we raise our hands, we shout to the Lord, whether we dance before him, why? Because God has set us free and God is good and he's taken care of us in our lives. Can I hear an amen? Now, I remember when I was in junior high school getting this note, do you like Sally? Now, names have been changed as well to protect the innocent here. And I was like, oh yeah, yes I do. And as I returned the note to the note giver, I was given this information, okay, she likes you too, but you cannot let anybody know. It's a secret. Ever been in a relationship like, hey, nobody's allowed to know. We gotta keep it on the down low. 
And in my junior high intellect, I failed to realize that it was not a secret because the note giver was also involved in this transaction. (laughs) And I remember standing by her or wanting to stand by her at lunch break or in the library, and she would completely ignore me most of the time or even walk away. I guess this was what the real secret was. She didn't know if she liked me or not. Many times our love for God or as worship for him is a secret that we can be afraid to share with others. We keep it hidden so that nobody knows our feelings. Sometimes even God doesn't know our feelings even though he knows everything. Why? Because we're afraid of what people might think about us. We don't want people, especially those we respect, to think that we're some crazy religious nut. And I believe this, it's a hurdle that keeps us from being able to be free. You see, Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could be free. Why? First of all, free to have relationship with God. But secondly, I believe this, free so that we could worship our God. But sometimes we don't realize that we're trading, we trade our freedom for safety. Well, what will people think? Oh, I don't want people to know how much I'm crazy about Jesus. And when we trade our freedom for safety, we end up losing both of them. You see, you will either please man or please God. And most of the time you can't do both. Sometimes you can, but most of the time you can't. See, my prayer today is for freedom. So how did David respond? And this is where we're gonna conclude today's message. How did David respond? He said, I will become even more undignified with this. When he was challenged about his zeal for God, what did David do? He doubled down on his worship. He declared to his wife, if you think I was exuberant in my worship or my praise today and all that has been done for me, he said, I will become even more undignified in this. I'm willing to show God how much I love him, how much I love him regardless of my place or position because he is worthy of my praise. David did not allow the criticism from his wife, Michael, to stop him from expressing his worship to God. She cared more about what was proper or dignified in the minds of the people. But David desired to show us love for God and his presence regardless of what the people thought. This is the attitude that pleases God. It grabs his attention. Why he alone is worthy. Not only because of what he's done, but because of who he is. God deserves our praise and our worship today. If God has touched your life in any way today, could you just let out a little shout? If, if God has saved you from yourself, can you give him some praise? If God has changed you in any way, can you say amen? You see, this is freedom. This is what we were created for. And I believe that our desire today, we should have the heart of David that says, I will be even more undignified than this for God. You see, the result of what happened here was Michael's attitude kept her from having children or producing fruit. I say this today, if you're not seeing 
the fruit of God's spirit in your life, peace, joy, faith, hope, etc. Look to see if there maybe is a critical or ungrateful spirit that has invaded your heart. You see, God wants us to be free in our praise and our worship for him. I know that things are challenging out there. You see, if you're not free to worship the Lord, I wanna invite our worship team to come up here. If you're not free to worship the Lord, I ask God to reveal to you what is it that's holding me down? What is it that's holding you down? Is it a fear of man? Today, we're gonna to believe that God can break that. Maybe there's a, been a spirit of ungratefulness. And I say this, it can creep in so suddenly. God has had to challenge me with this recently in some areas because you just see the hardships, you see the difficulties, you see the frustrations. Maybe you face some difficult things in your life. God is saying, be grateful to me. Maybe it's an unresolved hurt or offense. Maybe it's unconfessed sin. What do we get to do today? We can release it to God. We can confess it to God. I believe God wants us to be like David, free and unashamed in our worship to him. So here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna take a moment and we're gonna begin to worship the Lord again. And I want you to do something today. I want you to take in this moment, just think about maybe some things that are in your life, maybe some things that have been barriers. And I want you to offer them up as a sacrifice to God. Lord, I've been afraid. I've been, I've been a little bit self-conscious. Would you give that to the Lord? Or maybe there's a relationship where you've had some struggles. You're maybe uh, just struggling to forgive somebody. Will you offer that up as a sacrifice to the Lord? Maybe you, you're, you're, you just have really struggled with some, some difficulties over this Christmas season. Will you offer it up as a sacrifice to the Lord? For some of you today, even as we're singing, you may begin to feel, because we're gonna begin to talk about how we can be more free in our worship as we go forward. Maybe you want to dance. Maybe you want to put some things under your feet because you're tired of the enemy having control over areas and attitudes in your life because God wants to give you some freedom in your worship here today. Because there's nobody who loves you more than him. <laughs>